Welcome to episode 26 in the KIPPS Personal Trainer Application Podcast. My name is Tyler Valencia, and I'm the president of KIPPS Kettlebell Concepts. The tools we use as fitness professionals can help engage our clients, but also make sessions more enjoyable. In this episode, we have guest Elizabeth Leonard, who dives into the benefits of the BOSU ball and its many uses. The BOSU ball is a tool that many associate with unstable surface training, and Elizabeth provides exercises that can be utilized with a variety of populations. Let's get to the episode. To kick this podcast episode off, Elizabeth, can you explain the BOSU ball uh, to those that are unfamiliar with it, maybe seen it in a gym when they're training somebody and haven't yet gone to try to utilize it, figure it out? Can you talk about its benefits and really kind of what it is? For sure, for sure. So the BOSU balance trainer oftentimes people will see in the gym and they'll say, hey, it's that blue half ball that's sitting over there. So (laughs) what a BOSU balance trainer is, is one side of it is an air inflated dome. And then the other side is a solid platform side, right? So we now have, you know, different models out that are not just that blue dome. So our newest, uh, model is textured. So we might say it's, you know, we've got these four textured quadrants and and channels on this uh, BOSU balance trainer. So it's designed so that we've got an unstable surface and then a more stable surface. So originally the philosophy around BOSU balance training was all about improving physical balance through integrated movement challenges and therefore there's an impact on the brain on muscle and nerve connections so how this translates to the consumer to the athlete is that there's enhanced performance right through a huge continuum activities could be sport related could be recreation and really most importantly um, through daily living Nice, nice. And I think it's important that right now we talk about, I'll say our own perspectives on, I'll call it unstable surface training, because uh, with fitness professionals, everyone knows that it depends, in my opinion. And I, I should take that back. I shouldn't say that everybody knows this yet, but I am one of those people that always says it depends. It depends on the goal. It depends on what you're trying to accomplish, the individual standing in front of you. Elizabeth, before we talk more about the BOSU ball, Can you just give your perspective on unstable surface training? What is your philosophy and your insight on it based off your experiences? Oh, you know what? I've been training balance for so long. And, um, you know, what I'll tell you is when people ask me, why should we train balance or what does balance mean? I try to break it down like this. I say, you know, with a balance training tool, Um, When we train balance, whether or not we're using a tool, balance means so much more than not falling down. We're trying to establish a sense of homeostasis in the body. So there's balance, meaning, hey, I'm not going to fall down, but how about balance from one side of the body versus the other? So when we're working on an unstable surface, 
we're it's reactive training right we get some biofeedback from the bosu in general and we'll find out you know am i putting more body weight on this side than the other is my balance on one side of the body stronger or weaker on one side versus the other so that's huge if you're an athlete that's also huge when it comes to daily life um, what I would say in terms of daily life, um, when I first started training with the BOSU balance trainer um, often and then started teaching on it, and it was something that was part of my routine long before I started presenting for BOSU, um, you know, I did, I, I got really, really great at it challenging my balance and getting uncomfortable and seeking improvements how that translated into life, I swear, Tyler, um, I got into a big car accident and a cute little convertible. Oh. I was hit by a big truck, oh, long story wow. short, my car was totaled. And I walked out with a little bruise on the outside of my left knee. And wow. I know. And when we went to um, the emergency room and all the follow-ups afterwards waiting for something to happen, all they could attribute that to was that I had a very strong core and a very strong sense of reactivity when impact hit. Amazing. Uh, really amazing. And I will say that I've actually had a very similar story that uh, really? my car was to wasn't totaled, but it was very close to that on the freeway. I was basically in LA traffic. If you've been to LA, you know what traffic is and so i wasn't bumper to bumper and the car in the carpool lane drifted over and hit my car um and they were going about 50 miles per hour and so i walked away no scratches only mental issues of course driving by that spot after you think about it and it took sure. a couple of days for maybe to want to get back into the car um just because of the incident but uh, no no broken bones no anything and, and I do to this day still contribute that to my fitness, my exercise routine, that consistency. Yes. That, yeah. Which is, I, I've said this uh, before that I can only imagine, let's say uh, my, my mom or my grandma or grandpa uh, at the time, that if they were in that situation, would they be able to walk away like that? Sure. I, I don't know, but I'm just happy that I have my health. And I was able to uh, walk away from that. But uh, getting back to the BOSU ball, and I think that my, so my question about unstable surface really goes to, I think, um, to hopefully clarify some of the things that individuals that are new to unstable surface training or even the BOSU ball, or, you know, really scrolling through social media, they might see things that are like, what is, what are these acrobats that's going, acrobatic movements that are going on <laughs> some of these things. And sometimes these terms get negative associations with them. I would say that's true to also core training, in my opinion. It's really the way that we utilize the terms in the fitness industry and being able to utilize them with proper definitions or even your own perspective on them is important that you understand why you say certain things and because those ultimately translate to your clients in the way that you program for them. Um, Elizabeth, can you explain some of the ways that you use the BOSU ball with clients? 
Oh, I would love to. Um, I, this, I'm so passionate about this product because it's so versatile. So we have a dome side, that's the round inflated side, and then we have the platform side. And our recommendations, um, you know, there's already enough imbalance. Our recommendation is to stand on the inflated side, the dome side, but we can flip and use the other side, that platform side for a variety of different exercises. So, you know, sometimes when I ask people in trainings, I, I'll begin and say, so name an exercise you can do on the BOSU balance trainer. And people will say, hey, you know, squats um, and push-ups. Those are some of the first things that come to mind. Well, we can use this in so many different ways. The hands can be on the dome for the push-up. The feet can be on the dome for the push-up. We can flip it. So we now have, um, so it looks a little bit like it's wobbling side to side and we have to fight to uh, create and maintain our stability. But we can also use this tool as a big yoga block. So if we needed to um, say regress that exercise, we could then use the dome, which is so much softer than the floor and kneel on it and come out and use it for a push-up. So I've programmed everything um, from HIT to core work, to cardio work, to bar classes. Um, we can utilize it in strength training. It's just incredibly versatile, but it comes back to what you had said, Tyler, it's your why. So when you choose the exercises, they're so much more meaningful than a party trick. There is a why behind each exercise and how and why you're using that tool in a particular manner for each exercise. Agreed. Agreed. I will say that when I did utilize the BOSU ball more uh, back when I worked in facilities, my favorite go-to exercise that I utilized for myself, but also with clients was the, the push-ups on the flat surface. So turning the BOSU ball over, using that flat surface, doing push-ups and the additions. If you, for myself, I would progress it with maybe one foot up, um, working with clients, starting them from assisted push-ups, going to regular push-ups, and then that uh, lifted foot, that those elements right there, progressing them right there. I mean, those are really golden things that, I mean, you need little equipment. All you need is a BOSU ball. You could throw that in in a superset, a compound set, or whatever you want to utilize with it. It's great, in my opinion. And those aspects of the BOSU ball. I think we sometimes forget those. Uh, like I said, we sometimes just think about what's going on on social media and seeing how athletes can do all these amazing things. And we forget that the general pop are not athletes per se, and they can't do those types of things. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So can you give actually a couple more of your go-to exercise with the BOSU ball and uh, maybe a couple more populations that you've utilized it with? Oh, 100%. I'd love to. So um, I have used the BOSU balance trainer with, I don't even know that it's socially correct to say a senior population, but we know regardless of age that we lose balance. So I have had, um, I've worked with clients who are in their 70s and their 80s on the BOSU balance trainer for uh, balance and proprioceptive work. 
Um, I use it with my high intensity um, interval training crew all the time, and we will use it for, um, for squats, for lunges, we will use it for locomotion. I could give you a multitude of BOSU burpee variations. Probably one of the most surprising things, um, I worked with um, a population of middle school students a few years ago, and they were um, students who had a lot of challenges in terms of behavior. And when I brought in a bunch of BOSU balance trainers uh, into this classroom, um, they got on it. And once I, you know, they stood on top of it and we had balance challenge variables, which is always how we taught BOSU when it initially came out. One of them is visual affect. And I had them try to close their eyes and maintain balance while standing on the dome side. And for the first time, that room went silent. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. It was very, very cool. But um, we utilize it, um, I utilize it in bar, I utilize it in strength. So core workouts, oh my gosh, most amazing. Uh, we utilize it in Pilates workouts. So any variation, it's all about the approach. Your lunge could start from the floor, lunging forward. Your approach could be the top of the dome, stepping back into a reverse lunge. It can also be a lateral approach in the same way, from the dome to the floor, from the floor to the dome. And suddenly you have all these different exercises based off, hey, I can do so much more with just a lunge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean the versatility that you explained with the exercises, the different populations, it's very apparent to me how you can do it. So many different exercise modalities, classes, populations, awesome stuff with that. And the key component that I want to chime in on there is what you mentioned about the, I'll say, how the populations that you are working with, how they tuned into it, how it was interesting to them. That's something that has been brought up in previous podcast episodes about Sometimes you got to keep your clients happy. You got to use stuff that makes them want to come back. You want to make sure that they are buying into it. And sometimes, even though you might believe, okay, we're going to do a, some variation of a squat. We're going to do a press. We're going to do some type of hip hinge. Even though those are the foundations of your training, you can, of course, incorporate those. You got to remember that there's somebody else on the other side that you are trying to sometimes, majority of time, convince them to exercise. So what are those cues, coaching, um, psych psychology aspect of it that you are continually utilizing with them. Um, Elizabeth, with using a variety of tools, what is your kind of approach to that to keep the exercise psychology aspect involved in your training? Well, I think we need to always meet our clients where they are. For sure. So we'll start yeah. with that. And then we offer um, so many on the spot progressions and regressions. We don't necessarily have to say, hey, we're about to make this easier for you. Uh, we can really be successful in our cueing and saying, let's challenge our body in a different way. Could we try this exercise this way? And it's about creating connection and it's about um, empowering them, giving them different variations. So, you know, you might see, you know, I, I do do classes that are used that are an hour long where they're BOSU classes. 
And, and you'll see that come to fruition when I say, you know, you're going to give me X amount of time. I want to see your favorite push-up. And to see that people who come to regular large group X classes who may not have ever had any one-to-one training are so well in tune with their bodies and are so well educated that they're choosing the exercise that is right in that moment for their body to get them where they need to be. And that comes with saying, hey, one size doesn't fit all. Let me meet you where you are. And then let me give you just a little bit of a push or a variation, whether that comes through speed, range of motion, use of external stimulus to challenge them so that they can continue to feel progress. Love it. I love it. And I think what pops into my mind right now, and I will admit that I will, I'm, I'm wrong with with this is based off when we're recording this, you know, it's at a time where some gyms are not open and um, that has to do with the recent uh, or with the pandemic that's going on right now. And I've been somebody that I'll say, I see some people, oh, I need to go to the gym. I need to go to the gym. And in my mind, and this is because I will say I'm fine with, I, I'm very fortunate that I have a very nice home gym, but I, in the past I have done workouts, just months of body weight workouts and so my, my mind, it, it's gone to sometimes, well, why don't they just do some body weight workouts? Why can't they keep in shape with that? And I forget sometimes that sometimes people need that extra bit of, I'll say, equipment, or they need that, that gets them excited for it, that makes them want to do an extra set of push-ups, or that wants, makes them want to do an extra set of any exercise with any machine or any piece of modality. So I think that uh, that side of it, where you get the clients interested in something new because those barriers to exercise exist for them and not everybody wants to exercise like us, the, the fitness professionals out there. <laughs> we, we enjoy it. We get it. I <laughs> know. We're such our own population sometimes, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I admit I was wrong with that. And so with talking about the BOSU ball, and this is a great piece to throw in there for fitness professionals is the instructor training. Uh, you do instructor training for them and a variety of other companies, which is amazing. What um, insight can you give for instructors out there, personal trainers at a time right now where education is, um, I'll say, being pushed out there because you, you might have the extra time for it or companies are offering great discounts on it. Can you give instructors some insight into the instructor training course? Oh, I'd love to. So, we have, um, BOSO has evolved in terms of new education um, within the last two years or so. So we have um, three brand new four hour courses, um, next gen balance training, mindful movement mobility, and advanced program strategies. We also have some specialty workshops. We have some two hour workshops that are Pilates core power, um, a, a BOSU bar strong, a toolbox workshop. And they're all really, really based not just on saying here are a bunch of really cool moves that you can use. Uh, our newest education affords opportunity and practice. So we're actually teaching a methodology. How can you as a, a consumer or as a fitness professional best put together and deliver your own workouts? 
we're also really focused on neuromotor training, the benefits of creating perfect practice. So we have evolved in terms of our initial education immensely. So uh, it's just a really, really exciting time to be able to have a tool that's been around for 20 years and we can use it continuously in so many different ways. So we dive into science in our new education just as much as we do as giving, here's a toolbox of exercises that you can take and here are a bunch of different ways that you can apply them. Very cool. And I will say in my opinion, that the instructor training courses, certifications that are really diving into the application, um, the motor control, uh, and those aspects of exercise sciences are the ones that are really growing, in my opinion. I think that their ability to dive into those and really give the, the trainers, the fit pros, why these tools can work and more in-depth knowledge that exceeds, that's the, cool, that's the goal or the key in my mind, exceeding the education that they learned from a personal training certification. And that's really what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to continue their education from that original certification. So in-depth exercise science uh, modules and lectures that really push the personal trainer to open their mind to something new, that's really where instructors should be looking at. Of course, they should also look into other areas, but I think that those courses that really do include that stuff, gold. Really uh, great to hear with that. So with the courses that are going right now with BOSU, how are they offering them? Are they online, live, or a hybrid model right now? Um, at the time of this recording, you know, due to um, the pandemic, the uh, education, for the rest of the year will be via live stream. So um, it's been so successful um, and it's amazing to be able to teach a virtual training and have people not just from different parts of your region and different parts of the country, but from all different countries in the same Zoom room. So pretty incredible. So we have, um, are fully armed with digital manuals and uh, we have education that is live stream and we have people um, from our team and our education manager, uh, Carol and the amazing uh, Candace Brooks is always on and they're answering questions while we're teaching so that that uh, that feeling of being live with an instructor, even through though it's through zoom, they're still getting their questions answered and we we take great pride in, in setting it up that way. So they have the digital manual with them. They're able to connect with us. And, you know, like anything else, Tyler, every time we present, you know, a, a live stream, it just gets better. We learn a different skill that's going to help us become better presenters, better at the technology. And it's interesting um, because that ties back into our whole philosophy of perfect practice. Yes. Yes. And I'm going to go back, dig into my memory bank here because um, I started on the education side in 2011 of the industry and I worked for, I'll call one of the top 10 accredited personal training certification companies. And I always thought it was interesting to see questions come in about, oh, do you guys offer live courses? And they were primarily online courses and they did do live workshops of just their personal training certification. But how many people say, oh, I just need live, I need live, I need live. And right now when we're doing 
I'll say hybrid model certifications in the industry through Zoom or different streaming platforms. I think some people are hopefully saying, oh, I can get a similar experience. Because you think about it, what is really the difference between sitting in your office or your living room or on your tablet or your phone watching a lecture on, we'll say, biomechanics or exercise fizz? And what's the difference between that and sitting on a hard floor in a gym or a studio and and watching it? you'd probably be more comfortable and you might actually be <laughs> able to comprehend more of it because you're not thinking, Oh man, my, my butt's hurting from sitting on this hard floor. <laughs> and so that is one aspect of it, but the ability to get actually more hands-on that's actually the angle that I see with a lot of these hybrid trainings going on right now. If you can knock out the lecture components prior, or you can do it from the comfort of your home. And then you just do the hands-on through zoom you're going to spend more time on that and hopefully be able to really take more away from it that in a live workshop where you have to, and I've put on a good amount of live workshops that you have to basically compress everything to make sure you get it done in a certain amount of time. And so sometimes you will miss out on certain items for, I'll say the, the trainer will miss out on certain items just because of a time constraint. So online and hybrid stuff and people listening to this, Take what you can from it. You can get so much more from it because you're not constrained by by time limits. And I've said that to instructors that I work with because in the online format, they can watch it as many times as they want. They're not just going to hear it one time and have to take an exam at the end of the day or the end of the weekend from it. They can uh, rewatch it, play it back, play back certain parts. And so there's really so, some unique stuff to hybrid and on- online. Agreed. Agreed. I think there's a lot of a lot of great benefits to it. Saves a lot of travel time for people. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, crazy times, but there are always silver linings. Agreed. Agreed. So as we get to the podcast takeaways for today, and this is a good one that uh, I had to I'll put a little thought into because this is your second time being on the podcast. And uh, as I've got to know you more, I know that you do online training for clients. And with this being such a you, uh, I keep it positive, a unique time these past few months. Um, what are the three best pieces of advice you can give for instructors? I, th- I would say that you've really upped your level of online streaming workouts, not just for your clients, but for the instructor trainings that you do. And I think it'd be great for you to share uh, three pieces of advice for people listening today or this episode. Great. Uh, This is a great question. So in terms of especially the, the virtual space, the first most important tip and takeaway, there is room for all of us. There is room for all of us. This is such an exciting and unique time. There's no need to be worried about, you know, is the person in the club down the street also streaming live or, you know, is your competitor across country doing something similar? This space is so huge. And like anything else, you and your tribe are always going to find each other. So, collaborate with other people and help people get better. There is 100% room for all of us, for sure. The second um, takeaway is when you're teaching, especially virtually, make sure that you're not on autopilot. 
you still need to connect and cue. Sometimes when you're in the Zoom room and you suddenly or abruptly approach the screen or camera, it can feel a little weird if you're on the receiving side of that. You know, let your people know, you know, I'm about to approach the camera, but take every opportunity to give them that extra because if they're with you in a virtual training, they are in need or they want or they feel better when they're connected with people. So teaching on demand, you've got to be able to let them feel that you are there with them and also that you're there for them. Now, because I'm a, a rhythm kind of girl and a lot of the formats that I teach um, or that people ask me to represent them, a lot of it is uh, rhythmic or dance based or where the music uh, driving beat is such a huge piece. You can laugh at this one if you would like, Tyler. But tip number three, get a mixer. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> get a mixer. If you teach to the beat, it's the way to go. If you have a headset that you were wearing when you were teaching in a club or in a studio, there's a way you can make all that magic work so that you can hear you, they can hear you, you both can hear music and you're on the beat at the same time. What a game changer. And um, I just feel so much better about teaching virtually um, since I've gotten that down pat. Awesome. Awesome. So just to throw in there for anybody that's listening to this episode with Kips, we do have some tech tutorials. One's a mixer, one's a audio <laughs> interface. And just this week, I went over these types of this setup with three different instructors, just telling them how you can utilize it, why it's important, and even the setup for it, because it's amazing that the control that you have, anybody that's done a workout through Zoom or even just a meeting through Zoom, you could, you'll see that you're very limited in what you can really control with the audio levels. And the common issue that many instructors face is that they're out of sync, just how you how you said. They're out of sync and you can't, there's nothing in Zoom or the streaming platforms that, okay, I want my voice to lag just a little bit or I want to speed up my voice to be ahead of me. You can't do that. With these devices, you can lay the tracks, your audio and also your music on one line while it goes into whatever platform you're streaming through. So really beneficial for those people wanting to utilize those. And I, I want to take a step back to chime in on the the your first one. And I'm a, a, I forget exactly how you worded it right now, but in terms of competition with it, because you think about it right now. And I think that some people forget that when you're online, it's everywhere. It's not just exactly how you said down the street, the club down the street, or, you know, maybe a rival trainer or boot camp, whatever you're thinking about that your normal competition is in your brick and mortar. When you're online, it is everywhere. And I, I've heard that from so many people once they take their business online that, oh, it's so crazy. We have, I have somebody on the other side of the country in it, or I have somebody in a different time zone or in another country. And it's, those are the possibilities. You're not restricted by the, the, the mile radius around you. Your reach is so much bigger. So to be worried about what other people are doing and I think about this in general with business is you just think about yourself. What, what ways can I improve myself? That extra thought that you put into what's the competition doing and how can we beat them? 
it's not, it's not a healthy way to live in my opinion. And so focusing on ways to improve yourself is the best route for it. 100%. I agree. Yes. Yes. Well, great stuff. This was such a great episode to talk about advice for trainers, the BOSU ball and really ways to utilize it. I, as I mentioned in this episode, the BOSU ball is versatile and it's something that I've used in the past and really focusing back on how are you going to use it? What are those goals? And the instructor training with them is, is from what you've told me, it seems like a great place to start, start with the course, learn more about it, the, uh, the science, the research behind it, and then implement it with your clients too. Oh, thank you so, so much for your time and your energy. And I really appreciate being back on your podcast. It's always great to chat with you. Thank you, Elizabeth. Before we sign off, please make sure that you give your social media links and your website and all that kind of good stuff. Oh, sure. Um, you can find me um, on Instagram at, at Elizabeth Lenart Fitness. My website is elizabethlenart.com. And feel free to send me a message through Instagram or through Facebook, the same handle, um, at Elizabeth Lenart. And I would be so happy to answer any questions, uh, whether it be about BOSU or any other type of, of courses or education. Great stuff. Great stuff. Thank you for being my guest. Thanks. Have a great afternoon.